How many are expecting a better day today than you had yesterday? I'll receive that by the Spirit. That's fine. I want to talk with you um, today about, um, I'm going to give you a life lesson if I could. Something if you haven't already experienced, yeah, you perhaps may have experienced this to some extent, but um, you'll experience it more so as life goes on. I'm going to talk with you about the power of brokenness. That's an encouraging uh, title, isn't it? <laughs> the power of brokenness, because brokenness is not all bad. It's like Hebrews, all discipline for the moment seems not joyful but sorrowful, yet to those who've been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So brokenness actually, young men and women, is a condition. <laughs> I'm talking like a therapist now. You've got a condition. And the condition is brokenness. And we have a medicine for that condition. But brokenness is a condition where God allows circumstances to control our lives to the point, young men and women, to where we become completely dependent on God. How many know you have this uh, propensity to want to do your own thing? To have your own thoughts, to um, not necessarily conform to God. You love him and all of that, but there are times you're like, I'm kind of stepping out of the fray there, God. We all have a tendency to do that because of this thing that we carry on us every single day. It's called the human condition. But brokenness is a circumstance that God allows in our lives so that we become completely dependent upon it. And I want to thank Gabe. Gabe, before I stop, I gave Gabe, I did something different this week. Uh, I, I normally give him the scripture, the whole scripture written out. And instead, I was running so behind, I just gave him the verse. <laughs> and so he called me and goes, Dr. Hey, you forgot to put the scriptures in there. I said, well, I gave you the verse. He said, oh, you normally put them in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. It's my fault, all right? No worries. No condemnation, I do apologize, which it looks, it's looking pretty good so far, I can tell you that. Um, from both a personal experience as well as observation, it seems uh, that the greater God's plan for a specific person, the greater brokenness that sit with God. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about it because you weren't born perfect. There may be a couple of you that think that that's not the case, <laughs> but none of us were born, born perfect. We were born imperfect, and so God has to go through this process with us, which is very tedious, and it's in the form of brokenness. In the life of the Apostle Paul, um, if you look at that, it reflects in him both great power and great brokenness at the same time. It was simultaneous in Paul's life. It's interesting, though, because unlike most of us, Paul didn't, Paul didn't consider any of those circumstances to be a punishment for him. Because as far as he was concerned, it was a calling to Christ. It was something that, that he was called to, and he could have fought it, and he was in tremendous circumstances at times. But nonetheless, it was his calling because he realized if you take a stand for Christ, the world for the most part is going to say, I am against you. 
How can you say that thing and how can you be so definitive that he's the only God? How can you say that there's only one God? How can you say that what I'm doing and how I'm living, though you call it sin, uh, that's what you say. But I say it's just love and it's just contentment. And it makes me feel good. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Whatever makes me feel good. And if you come down and you preach and you share, it's not that you're yelling and screaming at people, but if you preach the love of Christ and you dare take that on, in particular in this generation, it's going to be challenging. However, you've got the Holy Spirit. Remember that? You've got the Holy Spirit. For those of you who are called to be pastors or called to be missionaries, you're going to be in the fray of that. Some of you aren't going to be called to be pastors and missionaries. Sometimes you're going to be, you're going to be into something else. You're going to be into something else in life. And uh, you'll do something else, but you're still going to want to take your faith and have it become productive. So no matter what you do and where you go, you're going to have to face this thing called brokenness. It comes and it'll, it'll attack, and not attack you, it will, it will affect you and challenge you in the way you are and what you do and how you do it sometimes, which may not be the will of God, or just plain pain in your life that sometimes you go through. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5 uh, says this, It says, this is Paul, and he said, Just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. So I get these abundances of of, uh, challenges and the sufferings that come my way. My abundance of comfort in Christ balances that out. It's a place, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, Jesus, I believe, gave us a very, very, very effective example of brokenness. And I'm going to read for you out of Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26 and 27. Um, I'm also going to be floating back just a little bit in Luke chapter 22 because I'm going to use a couple words from Luke uh, chapter 22. They're both simultaneous, but I'm, going to, I'm just going to float back and forth with it. And it said this. You're all familiar with it. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread. This is, a, this is a, something that he gave us, okay? He took the bread, and after blessing it, took the bread, and he blessed it. And then he broke it and gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is to be given to you. And then he did the same thing with the drink, and he said, Drink that as well. But I want to concentrate on the, on the bread if I could. The first thing he did was he, he, he had bread. He had the bread, and, and the bread he was, it, with him, the bread equaled his body. And that was probably flat bread, I would imagine, Brother Ramon. It wasn't like a big loaf of Italian bread. It was like flatbread, and he was breaking this, and he was, he was, uh, it was indicative of his body and something that was about to happen to him. That's the way we're built. We're, we're in this body. We're in this thing that we're trapped in. Sometimes we like it. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes you like it in other people, and sometimes you don't like it in other people. But nonetheless, we are trapped in this thing. We have this thing called a human condition. And so this bread was kind of rough, but it was, it was tasty. But nonetheless, he was trying to let them know something. He said, something's going to happen to me. Something's going to transpire. And the same thing's going to happen to you. I'm not saying you're going to be crucified or anything like that. I'm saying brokenness is, is systemic. And God uses, uses it systemically in us. So he's going through this process, and he's telling them, so here's the bread, and I want you guys to see something here. Then after that, it's secondly, he blessed it. 
He took the bread and then he blessed the bread. Thanking God. Asking God to give him favor, if you would. What we need, young men and women, listen. We need today is the blessings of God. Not just blessings, give me money. Not just blessings, give me a new car. Not just blessings, give me a new wardrobe. Not just blessings, give me, give me, give me, give me. And God wants to, God will bless us with things, he, things that we require and we need. But what we really need is for him to bless us and sustain us through this life that we're going through, this ministry that God has called you to. What we really need to know and really need is him to help us through the rough times and the difficult times and the trying times in our lives. We need his blessings there. We, we need his blessings and support for people who are hurting and, uh, and, and ministering to them. And when we hurt, we need support from God. When we think we're not going to make it or we don't know how we're going to make it or, or we're asking God, Lord, uh, I don't know how you can, you can mend this heart that's broken. Uh, I need your support in this. I need your support in ministry because it doesn't seem to be working. I need all of that, God, all throughout our entire life because brokenness is not easy. And the last thing he did was he, he broke the bread. Take, eat this. This is my body, which is given for you. <laughs> and so he broke it, and he went through that, and they witnessed eventually that brokenness that he went through. It was, remember, he was fully God and he was fully what? He was fully both of those. He understands at this moment what you're going through. He understands the pain and the confusion and the questions and, and everything. He understands that because he went through that so that he can empathize with you. It was out of brokenness, listen now, it was out of brokenness that the life and the redemption, and the grace, and the love, and the hope, and the promise of Christ was released to each and every one of us. It was brokenness that gave us that. It wasn't just that he came down, and he did a thing, and he did some kind of dramatic thing, and he, and he died. He empathized, and hurt, and, and, and cried, and, and had... Um, Issues like us, and fought those issues, I should say, and went and understood those so that he could understand you. But he released all of those things to us that we have access to today. Listen, listen. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 5. It's not on there. Listen to it. You've heard it before. Surely he took up our pain and bore our sufferings, yet we considered him punished by God stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for your iniquities. The punishment that bought us peace. The punishment that he went through that bought us the peace, the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension, was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. His brokenness became our salvation and our daily help. His brokenness was very costly. 
And he was trying to tell us that in communion. This is my body, and we do that. We remember him. But at the same time, you're going to go through brokenness. And you're going to go through brokenness. We're all going to go through brokenness. If we haven't, when you get to our age, you know you've gone through some. You're going to go through heartaches and pain and betrayal and happy times and good times and questionable times. But there's a remedy. That's what I want you to see in the brokenness that he's talking about. Brokenness, if you look at it, it's riddled throughout the entire Bible. Brokenness is everywhere you look in the Bible. And uh, Scripture is filled with all of these various themes of being broken. Themes of being broken, people being broken, hearts being broken, lives being broken, families being broken, relationships being broken, words being broken, dreams being broken, promises that are broken. But most importantly, what we have more than anything else is a broken Savior. A broken Savior who provides for us the benefits and the healing and the help through all of those brokennesses in life. Because brokenness actually brings us to God. I know you might think, that not that a little barbaric? Brokenness brings me, do some, it's something good with God comes out of brokenness. It does. Hold on. It does. Very much so. Charles Stanley said this. Charles Sandley said, brokenness is God's requirement for maximum usefulness. <laughs> I wish it weren't. I wish I could throw confetti all day long and just praise God and enjoy myself and drink a lot of Pepsi and eat pizza. It's been a long time since I've eaten pizza because the doctor tells me I can't have pizza so much anymore. I'm broken. <laughs> I wish I could have more pizza. It's just, oh, just, I love it so much. How many believe when you go to heaven, God's going to lay some stuff out that you really like to eat? I don't know. You know, the great wedding feast, some people think that's going to be catered by the Mennonites. I don't know. <laughs> or the Amish, <laughs> because of all the food they like. I'm believing God is going to say, hey, Fred, there's what you want, bro. There's some pizza. Where did you get that, Lord? I can do anything. <laughs> I made you some pizza. Maximum usefulness. God wants to break our spirits. God wants to break our will, our dispositions, our attitudes, our pride, and our excuses. All of those things. The things that this whole corrupted sinful body holds on to so tightly. We can't help ourselves. We just do it. That's the reason we've got to be broken. Life is in the brokenness. Uh, Matthew chapter 21, verses 43 and 44. Matthew 21, 43 and 44. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people 
who will produce a fruit. Now, I know the Christ is talking about the nation of Israel here, but listen. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone whom it falls will be crushed. You fall on the stone, you're broken. The stone falls on you, you're crushed. You hear what I'm saying? I don't know whether you fall on the stone more than you get crushed, but I know what crushing feels like. I know what falling upon the stone feels like as well. I'd rather do that than have the stone crush me. But it's, it's, it's the life of a believer in Christ. In order for me to smell the aroma of the cologne or the perfume, you've got to break the thing. The alabaster box, you've got to break it. You've got to smell it. There's, it's the thing that's in there that provides the smell or the, the fragrance or the enjoyment of it. That's what God is looking in us. Brokenness is really, it's messy, but it's needed. Brokenness reduces us to be able to hear from God. Because to be honest with you, I'd, rather, I'd just rather hear what I hear. And I'd rather tell you what you need to do and um, do it because uh, I know you're saying something to me that I need to do or something that I need to hear or something that I need to maybe take a look at. But I'd rather tell you because if you could do it, then maybe you'll modify yourself around to my thinking. That's also pride, isn't it? Brokenness. John chapter 12, verses 24 and 25. John 12, 24 and 25, it says, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. I can almost hear him say that. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, there's nothing to it. Unless the seed goes in and dies, nothing's coming of the seed. Nothing. It's worthless. But its death will produce, its death will produce Many new kernels or fruit, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Brother Guy mentioned last week about how everything we do is for the gospel of Jesus Christ. God wants you to have a, you know, you don't have to walk around just moping and going, I'm a Christian and my whole life is just to tell you about the Lord. And I, I, he says, I can't have a whole lot of fun and I, I can't, you know, I, I just, I just got to just tell you about the Lord. And then I go back into my room and just pray and then come out and tell people about the Lord. You got a life, right? God wants you to have a life. It's a wonderful life. But everything that we do enters right back to proclaiming him. And it's not just about this. It's about how you live and what you say, and how you act, and how you conduct yourself. And it's about how you survive through brokenness. Is it something that you will um, just say, um, I, I don't know, God. You know, it's, I, I, it's just so questionable. I don't know, Lord, you've disappointed me so many times. Brokenness brings us to a place where we're reduced and we have nowhere to look except up. And that is where we find our peace and that's where we find our strength. There's a certain introspective and healing, I believe, medicine in brokenness. Now, notice what I said. I said introspective. 
interest. Something that I got to look at. I got to look at me. You can look at me and tell me something. And maybe it's something that I need to see. But if I don't look at me, if I don't take what you say and at least evaluate that and become introspective, then where's the brokenness? Um, this introspectiveness, it makes us aware, basically, of our sinfulness. It makes us aware of our depravity, our corruption, which turns into humility, which turns into surrender, which turns into godly repentance. That's the medicine I'm talking about. That's the medicine. When I get myself to that specific place where I'm willing to take a look at myself and take a, an introspective look and look for the medicine that God has me, this, this human medicine, so to speak, this life medicine, and I'm, I'm, I'm aware of my own pitfalls in life so that I can bring myself to a place of humility, then surrender, and then the godly repentance. That's where life is. You might say, oh, it doesn't really sound good. It is good. I'm leaping. No, I'm leaping. No, it is good. It is good. It's a good thing. And it, and, it, and it takes me to a place that is not me. I allow myself to be open and vulnerable to the Holy Spirit and perhaps even other people's voices. I remembered when I got here, I remember when I came here to Elam, Debbie, you remember I was, um, I was like, I was a year in here, and I, I think I told you, I, made, I shared this, I didn't take care of business, and we had a house in, in Maryland, and, and I didn't sell the thing, I was renting it, I came up here a little, maybe a little too quickly, and um, I uh, just didn't know what to do, it was just, you know, you come up here and you're working all day long, you're going to school, you're starving anyway, but not starving, but you don't have a lot of money, and so I just didn't take care of things, I should have taken care of business better, and I remember uh, here we had our little 1972 orange Volkswagen station wagon with the engine in the back, not in the front. That's not a Volkswagen. That's a facsimile thereof. Nonetheless, I was desperate. People were telling me, oh, claim it, do this, that, and the other thing. I was desperate. I was there like two, two months behind in payments in the house, and the renters were leaving. It was all messed up, and I didn't know what to do. And I, and I went down here, one of these roads off of 5 and 20, and I think I told you, I went down, and, I, and there was a cornfield there, and it was a, the, the combine had the wheel, you know, you could see the wheels going, and I took my car and ran it right into the cornfield. And I just, all the corn's coming, and I remember when I got there um, in the middle of that cornfield, I remember just saying to God, I didn't know what, to, I just said, God, I'm sorry, I repent, I don't know what else to do. I, 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 I was wrong. I, I should have seen this. I, I was too presumptuous. I, I really, really I should have taken care of things before I got here. Now I'm in a fix. And I do. I do, Lord, repent. I am so sorry for what I did. Well, that was, that was a reduction because I'd never been. I was, we were just, my wife, we just had a little kid. I mean, we just married in a, you know, a couple years. And I'd never been in debt. Um, and I felt bad and I felt embarrassed. And, and what happened was, in about three weeks, the house was sold just like that. See, it wasn't until I was reduced and humbled and broken, and I understood. This was not a good thing to do. I get it, Lord. Out of my brokenness, there's some life coming about. 
And this wasn't a great sin, but it did show me that there is a humility and a surrendering to turn to a godly repentance. That's what brokenness is all about. We live, uh, I've heard this say, say, said many times here, even before you guys were here, that Elam is a bubble. It's a bubble, and you need to know that it is. It's a great bubble. You know, you're, you're, you're safe here, and you're, you're, you have friends, and you love God, and, and, you know, you've done some wonderful things. And, but you, out there is a little more treacherous, and this is what we're trying to get you to see. Brokenness is something that really is a good thing at the end of the day. Um, Self-evaluation isn't something we willingly choose. It isn't something that I'm going after. Um, It's not something that, that, that comes natural to me. So God will choose it for me. If I don't choose it for myself, the God will choose it for me. Consequently, falling upon the rock rather than the rock falling upon me. I'd rather fall upon the rock because that's an act of humility. If the rock falls about me, I'm rebellious, I don't care, and he crushes me because he loves me. He loves us, and he won't let us get away from that. If you call on his name and you love him that much, he's going to bring you back to him. Brokenness is an act of humility. Brokenness is an opportunity, I believe, from the Holy Spirit for a personal awareness and a consciousness of restoration and whole dying to self. With Jesus, it really doesn't make any sense because how many know sometimes Jesus doesn't make sense? Life is in death. When you die, you live. The way up is down. It's quite contrary to us. But nonetheless... He says it, uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, for whoever wishes to save his life or her life, that is, save their own stubborn will, save their own selfish ambitions and opinions, save their own self-indulgent life or unwillingness to serve God, or even save my own attitude, then you're going to lose it. You're going to lose the life that God has for you, the richness of fellowship that he longs to give you in a dimension that will change your life. But, he says, um, whoever loses his life to those things and dies and, and chooses to be devoted and, and give over their life, you're going to find it. Now, now, you might be saying, to what degree and what are you talking about? And just hold on here. Brokenness actually, I believe, causes spiritual and emotional stability. To be broken is a stable thing. I know, you're going, that's crazy. To be broken can't be stable. To be broken must be very, very difficult. Heartache must give me a lot of anxiety and depression. No, at the end of the day, it is a stabling factor. It challenges our egos, our own self-conceit, our own self-confidence. It challenges that. And it puts into perspective our great and endless dependency on God and not ourselves. We all have some degree of ego, and there's, there's a part of us that just wants to have it our way, and, and God understands those things, but at the end of the day, it's really John 3. You, you do this, you do this, because, John 3, okay, he must increase and I must decrease. He that comes from above is above all. 
above all that I think I am right in. And as I decrease and he increases, my life actually takes a form that it it enters into a dimension other than that which I put myself in. Something very wonderful and very lovely with God. Brokenness. Listen Listen to the heart of David in Psalms chapter 51, two verses, 16 and 17. Listen to the heart of David. You don't delight in sacrifices. If you delighted in sacrifices, I'd give them to you. I'd bring them to you. You don't delight in burnt offerings. If you're doing that, then I'd give those to you too, if that's what you were doing. But they're not the thing. My sacrifice, oh God, is a broken spirit. A crushed and shattered spirit. That, that this is my offering to you. A broken and a contrite heart, will, mind. This is the thing I'm bringing to you, God. And those things you will not despise in me. Because these are the things, God, that I carry every day and I find that it it throws me in the great contradiction. And Lord, I need you to balance me out because it's in the balance of God that we find life and purpose and meaning and things begin to add up. Maybe not in the moments, but they do eventually. Trust me. I can speak for myself. I can't speak for anyone else, but I can speak for myself. It will. If you trust him through the whole process of brokenness. Biblical brokenness is something that needs to be pursued, not avoided. Biblical brokenness is something that needs to be embraced. It doesn't need healing. I'm so broken, God, heal me. He doesn't want to heal you right now. He wants to minister to you. And your brokenness, that is where the fruit is. You don't need healing through brokenness. Sure, we're, we, have, we, we, we have broken hearts and there are times it, it hurts. I realize that. But in the brokenness, because God understands these are the things that we go through, He provides an escape for us. And in Him, we live and we move and we have our being. We find great solace in Him through the brokenness that we experience. Brokenness, biblical brokenness. Here, here it is. Biblical brokenness brings us into a space with God that only the broken can appreciate and glean from. It takes us to a place that we're normally not living. We are so broken and so reduced that as we cry to God in our brokenness, He takes us to that place, that that. That space that only people who have gone through brokenness can appreciate. It's different than what we go through the majority of the time. He's there in that space to meet us and to help us and to encourage us and to strengthen us through the fray. That particular place. Those places where we would never, ever, ever take ourselves to where we experience the grace and the mercy of God. David, in chapter 13 of Psalms, he said this, How long, God, Lord, how long? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with thoughts, my thoughts, day after day, uh, having sorrow in my heart? How long, God? How long do I got to go through this? 
How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me. I would appreciate it if you could give me some answers right now. Because I'm going through it, God. Here I am. I'm here. Look and answer me, O God. Give me light to my eyes. I will sleep in death. Give light to my eyes. And my enemy will say, I have overcome you. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. Things, God, are just not good. I mean, I need you. This is a broken moment in my life. And here's that place. Here's that place. Here's that very, very thin place, that space that we go. Because he's, he's, he's broken, right? It's a very broken time he's going through. Listen to the space that he comes into. Because all of a sudden... He's just going, oh, God, 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 God. Oh, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, God, I don't know whether I can take another minute of this. Oh, God, this is so heart-wrenching. And then the space, God shows up. Because he's faithful and he loves you so much. Yet, 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 God, but I trust you in your unfailing love. I don't know how I'm saying this, God, or why. I know why I'm saying it, but Lord, somehow I'm in that space and I'm trusting your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Through all that I'm going through, I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. But it doesn't look like things are good for you, but he's been good. But, but, you know, uh, uh, Fred, those things you go through or those heartaches that you've gone through, those periods you can stand to your feet, those times of, of great wrenching and I don't understand and God, I don't know and now she's hurt and this person died and that person misunderstood me and, and now that person was my friend and now they're not and now this is happening in my mom, with my mom and dad and there's my finances and here's a horrible thing that's going on and there's drugs in my house and there's things that my loved ones are going, oh, I just heard something last night in our extended family, a drug situation in, in the South and, and then you go, oh God, 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 God. But then there, you have to go to that place. You're my salvation. You're God. I will yet praise you. It doesn't make any human sense. It's senseless in the natural. But when you go there, there he is. There he is, and there he shows up. And he meets you in those moments of brokenness. And those moments of brokenness produce life and health and care and solace and peace. Just put, put your arm on the person next to you, if you would. Or if there's somebody to your left and your right, just put your arm on them. We're going to pray. Father, um, well, we're coming to you right now because, well, you know us. Here we are, such as we are. We are in this human condition, and we falter. Many of these young men and women, that's what they are. They're young. They have gone through some things, but, Lord, they are going to be going through many more things. I don't want to scare them because there is no fear in fellowship. There is no fear in fellowship. But, Father, when they come across those times, or maybe even there's some that are going through it right now, that they could say, God, I want to enter into that space, that humility, that place. I'd rather... Find myself laying upon the rock than the rock crushing me. So God, I reach out to you. You know my pain. You know what I'm going through. 
Provide for them, Lord, as David. So at the very end of his plea, as he's crying out to God, he found that space. And he found himself living there and drawing from it and exuberating from heaven what it is that you wanted to place in him and encourage him with. So, Father, we thank you. Bless these young men and women. Encourage their hearts. Maybe there's something, maybe something here this morning that they can deposit in their spirits and draw from. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.